You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. It's safe to say that Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1 are some of the most quoted and yet most misunderstood words in all of Scripture. I think that's fair to say. I'm sure you've heard these words many times, perhaps quoted by Christians and non-Christians alike. Do not judge or you too will be judged. Often when someone either directly challenges something that they see in someone else's life or even very gently and lovingly even suggests that something may not quite be as good or as God-honouring as it could be in someone else's life, the other person, often feeling uncomfortable, maybe a bit exposed, will often say something like this to kind of bring the conversation to a swift end. You're just being so judgmental. Jesus said, no judging. Maybe you've heard that before. I know I have. Maybe you've said that to someone else before. I'm sure I have before as well. You know, it's funny and it's pretty ironic if we really think about it because the person who's actually calling out someone else for judging them in the very fact that they call someone else judgmental, they're actually pronouncing judgment on someone else. That's pretty ironic. Hey, now, you know me. You probably get sick of me doing it, but I need to do it because it's what people who bring the Word of God need to do time and time and time again. I'm always harping on about reading things in context, not just taking your understanding of a topic based on one isolated scripture or even one isolated passage, but looking more broadly in the counsel of God's Word and reading in context. It's so, so important. And when it comes to this passage, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, it's no different. It's exactly the same. Read alone, Jesus seems, doesn't he, to be giving us a really clear message. Don't ever judge. Judging is just not on. And yet when we read it in context, when we read in context with the rest of the passage, we see that Jesus is actually rebuking the Pharisees and calling them out for their tendency to judge others hypocritically. And that's what we're going to explore and seek to apply and wrestle with for our own lives and our own journey with God today. So how about we pray and invite Holy Spirit to really guide us and bless us as we open God's word and allow him to really speak to us this morning. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for the great gift that is the word of God. We thank you for the way that the word just so beautifully and clearly articulates the very things that humanity struggle with. Lord, there are things for every challenge we face. There are things for every situation that we might find ourselves in. And Lord, today with this passage on hypocritical judging, Lord, we thank you that we too, not just the Pharisees, but we too can learn a lot from what Jesus had to say right here. So God, Open our eyes, open our minds to your kingdom truths. And Lord, may you do the work in our hearts today so that we might be transformed and look more and more like Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we pray this in your name. Amen. 
Let's start by reading Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5 together. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged, and with the measure you use it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. There's so much in this, isn't there? Well, let's start by reflecting on what Jesus says in verse 5. What did our perfect, blameless, sinless, beautiful Saviour do in verse 5? That's right. He made a judgment. He judged the behaviour of someone else and called it out. In fact, he didn't only call it out, he actually called them a hypocrite. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Verse 5, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So there you go. Think judging another person's behaviours and and discerning whether they align with God's word and his ways is wrong? No, think again. There's yet another example of why it's so important that we read God's word in context, hey? You know, right here and elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus made judgments. Jesus regularly made judgments of people's behaviour. He observed how people were living and then he looked at how they were living compared to how that lined up with the ways of his kingdom, the ideal ways that God invites us to live in through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he discerned true heart motivations of people. He recognised the fruit of their actions. And in many occasions, as you'd read in the Gospels, that the fruit of their lives actually is reflective of a, of a pretty dark heart and, and a hard heart. And he, he called people on that. He wasn't afraid to do that. And he made moral and spiritual assessments about where people were at. And this passage is just one of many examples where he did just this. We see clearly from what Jesus said and how he said it that he's really given it to the Pharisees. He is really given it to the Pharisees here. In verses 1 to 2, Jesus addresses the Pharisees for the way that they are so good at and the way that they love to kind of pronounce guilt upon other people for their sin and warns them that keeping up this kind of judgmental attitude, actually casting judgment on people, stepping into God's shoes, I guess, in a sense, will result in them being treated much the same way as God. Verse 1 to 2, Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Then in verses 3 to 5, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees, for the way that they're so quick to notice the little speck of sin in someone else's eye, figuratively, and they're so good at avoiding seeing the the log that's protruding from their own eyes. And really, they kind of are excusing or refusing to address the fact that they've actually got sin in their own lives. 
verse 3 to 5. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eyes, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Jesus is saying it to them straight. He's giving them some real home truths here, isn't he? He's calling them out for their hypocrisy. And history tells us that the Pharisees didn't respond to what Jesus said. They actually didn't like what he said one little bit. In many sporting clubs today, coaches meet with their players on a regular basis. They meet individually, one-on-one with players, and they also meet collectively for what they call review meetings. And in these review meetings, this is where many of the coaches will deliver home truths to their players. They, They will see how they're playing, they'll see how they're performing, and then they'll say it straight. They'll say, this is what is going on. This is what we see. And historically, if you've ever watched any of the old video clips of of football or or soccer or pretty well any other sport, the the way in which these home truths were delivered back in the day was certainly different to the way in which they're delivered now. They were delivered in such a way that I would say many times they probably weren't received as well as they could have been. I found it really refreshing recently, and who would have thought I would have said this as a Geelong supporter, but I did. I found it really refreshing to see a video lately from the Hawthorne Football Club. And the video was about a review meeting. It, was, it clearly showed that times had changed when it came to coaches providing home truths and great feedback back to their players, at least most of the time anyway. Alastair Clarkson is their coach after all. And in this video that I saw, it showed parts of a review meeting between Sam Mitchell, an all-time great midfielder of our game, an ex-midfielder now, and a superstar when he was around, and now a superstar and well-respected midfield coach, showed him along with one of his players. And in the video, Sam was giving detailed feedback to this particular player. They were sitting down in a hotel room together. They were glued in front of the TV and Sam was regularly stopping the video and asking the player, why do you think I've included this footage? What do you think I would say when you watch that? On reflection, what might you have done differently? What what am I thinking maybe would have been better to do there? All sorts of just really great, insightful, probing questions. And each time the the player would kind of suggest a reason for those of you who love analysing football and and structures and setups and things, this will be right down your alley. You know, player said things like, well, I was drawn too far out in that particular context and then that opened up space for the opposition to run their play. Or, you know, I was set up on the wrong side for that stoppage play so I couldn't get my body on the other player enough to sort of block his run through the middle. And another thing, you know what it was that really stood out for me in particular watching this video? It wasn't the wisdom of Sam Mitchell, although he is very wise and, man, you'd want him to be coaching your midfield group, that's for sure. But what stood out for me was the way that the player was willing to genuinely hear, listen, reflect on, and then implement 
any of the home truths that Sam gave to him. Watching this video, you could see that the player clearly had great respect for Sam. As a former great of the game with a wealth of knowledge, wealth of experience, all the premiership medallions and personal accolades, and the player also saw this man, aside from all that, as a person who genuinely cared for him as a human being and wanted him to be the best person that he could be ultimately, not just the best player. And because of this, it was easy to see that the player was willing to receive the feedback, the home truths that he was given, and then he was quick to implement his coach's feedback. I think we would do really well to learn from how this footy player receives home truths when it comes to receiving personally the home truths contained within Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 7, 1 to 5. The player in the video received, considered, and ultimately was willing to implement what his mentor, what his coach said and suggested because he knew that his coach cared deeply for him and that his feedback was really valuable. And so how much more, how much more should we as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, be willing to take on board Jesus' teaching, his eternally valuable home truths, eternally valuable home truths, knowing the love that he has for us and the desire that he has for us to grow more and more in his own likeness. How much more should we be open to hearing those home truths from our Saviour? Let's be real this morning. Let's be real. We're always real, but let's be real this morning. The Pharisees are not alone in their struggle with hypocritical judging, are they? The Pharisees are not alone in their struggle. We struggle with it too. You know, we're so good at, at spotting and then, and then choosing to focus on sin in other people's lives, aren't we? We're, we're really good at that. And it's not wrong necessarily as believers to, to notice things in other believers' lives. You know, we're called to encourage and build one another up in the faith. And sometimes encouragement comes in the form of a, a loving rebuke, a challenge to another believer to, to recognize something that doesn't quite line up with God's best for them and to encourage them to really deal with it. Sometimes that is actually the greatest love that we could offer to someone that we're in relationship with. Always in love and always gently. Amen? And the issue we have is not so much in our willingness to judge, discerning right from wrong or making moral and spiritual assessments. The issue lies, like with the Pharisees here, the issue lies in the way in which we judge others. I really like how Eric J. Bargahuff, he's the author of the most misused verses in the Bible. I reckon that would be a good read. He unpacks this in, in more detail. He says this, Jesus is not suggesting that we have no right to make moral judgments about human behavior, and he's certainly not suggesting we have no right to hold others accountable. He doesn't condemn mutual accountability and moral responsibility and the need to address sin in the church, he addresses hypocrisy. It makes little sense to approach a Christian brother or sister about their specific sin 
even if you should rightly do so, if you are committing the very same sin and are unwilling to address it or break free from it yourself. That is so true, isn't it? It doesn't make much sense at all for us to be quick to call someone out on a particular sin while we ourselves are struggling with the very same thing. But not only that we're struggling with the very same thing, that we are refusing to actually deal with and put to death that sin in our own lives. This is a great and super challenging reminder for all of us, I believe. You know, think about, think about these couple of examples. We notice a, a Christian brother or a sister who really struggle with an obvious addiction, say smoking cigarettes, for example, and we're quick to challenge them to, oh, Brother, just do whatever it takes to be free of those evil things in Jesus' name. We, we're quick to challenge them to just do whatever it takes to quit for Jesus before we head home and plant ourselves on the couch for our daily evening fix of five hours of Netflix. We call someone out for their addiction and we refuse to deal with or maybe even acknowledge that we have a similar dependence, only ours, is with Netflix. Jesus says that's hypocritical. Or this one. We know of a Christian sister or brother who, who make a series of really poor choices that culminate in them actually having an affair with someone and committing adultery, breaking up their marriage or their relationship in the process. And we think about how it's so sad that they've fallen so far off track and yet as we're thinking that way, we kind of feel this sense of, of pride or superiority and kind of think, well, I would never fall so far as that. I would never go so far as to commit adultery with someone else. And then we don't even think twice about next time we see someone attractive down the street out, while we're out and about and we don't even think twice about letting our eyes linger for a long time and kind of check them out. We don't even think twice about it. Or maybe it's we don't even think about the kind of movies that we watch, the kind of sex scenes that we're allowing our eyes to see while we have our Netflix binge. You know what I'm saying. We judge someone for their adultery and we refuse to deal with or even acknowledge how we have committed adultery ourselves. Jesus says... That's hypocritical. Now, the good news is that we don't have to live life this way. We don't have to be stuck in this dangerous, dangerous trap. And because it is a dangerous trap, isn't it? As Jesus said in the first two verses, if we put ourselves in that place, we are actually going to be measured with the same measurement in which we are judging others. And we don't want to be in that place. We want to be measured as righteous sons and daughters through the grace and the love and because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So we can, as Jesus suggests in verse 5, we can have the logs removed from our eyes so we can see clearly once again. We don't need to stay in a place of prideful bondage where we compare ourselves to others and minimise, justify or even disregard our own sin while highlighting the sin of others and pointing it out just like the Pharisees. We don't need to live like that. We can be free and freedom starts, the path to freedom starts by 
choosing to humbly and drastically deal with this sin in our own hearts. How can we do this? How can we effectively deal with our sin of and our sinful tendency to hypocritically judge others? Well, we can deal with it with the help of Holy Spirit and with the godly, wise input of other believers. How often can you honestly say that you invite Holy Spirit to deal with and put to death a specific sin in your life? I'm thinking you might answer this similarly to how I answer it. Not enough. Not nearly enough. Holy Spirit wants to continually help us to grow into Jesus' likeness and will, if we allow him to, he will help us to grow like Jesus. There's great power in prayer. There's great power in presenting our requests before our mighty God. There's great power in humbly crying out to him desperately for help. God, I need help. I am sick of this sin in my life. Will you cast it out? Will you destroy it? Will you help me to put it to death? There's great power in those kind of prayers. God loves to answer those kind of prayers. And Holy Spirit will help us as Colossians 3 Verse 5 says, he'll help us to put to death everything that is earthly in us, including, including hypocritical judging. Holy Spirit wants to and will help us to destroy each and every sin that is, has taken root in our lives, whether big or small, it doesn't matter. Holy Spirit loves to cast those out of us. He loves to help us to deal with them and put them to death. And that includes our sinful tendency to hypocritically judge others. I really want to encourage you today, friends, and I'm preaching to myself as I say this too. Will you let him in? Will you let Holy Spirit have his way? Will you choose to humble yourself, open your heart afresh, and allow God to work in your heart to deal with this particular sin and free you so that you can see clearly and faithfully serve him and accurately reflect him to all around you. I want to encourage you, invite Holy Spirit to do his work in your heart today, friends, and embrace greater freedom and joy and hope and life in your walk with God as a result. As well as the supernatural work of Holy Spirit, the input, the non-judgmental, beautiful, caring input and encouragement from other believers is so important when it comes to dealing with any sin in our lives, including this sin of hypocritical judging. We weren't created to live life alone and it's not in God's plan that we'd handle our burden of sin on our own either. Instead, as Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, We are to carry each other's burdens, and in this way, we will fulfill the law of Christ. I'm wondering, friends, who are you accountable to? Who have you got that can help you carry those burdensome burdens, those really heavy burdens that you have and you bear? 
Do you have a Christian sister or brother who truly knows and cares and loves you and encourages you? Someone you can be real with and vulnerable and share your struggle with sins, with hypocritical judging. If you don't, can I encourage you this week, this is your homework for this week, can I encourage you to prayerfully consider who that person might be, but don't stop there, prayerfully consider and then go and ask that person if they would be willing to be that kind of person, that kind of mentor and support for you. We all need people in our lives who can encourage and can lovingly deliver some home truths for us, don't we? And I want to encourage you to pray about who God might have for you, who God might have in mind for you to be that person, and then that you would ask them. Be bold to ask them this week. And if you've already got someone like this in your life, can I encourage you, be really real with them. Don't put on a mask. Don't pretend like it's all together. We're not all together, are we, if we're honest? There's always things in our lives and always challenges that we face where we really need God's help and we really need the loving input from other believers. We'll only ever really see clearly, as Jesus said in verse 5, we'll only ever see clearly when we really deal with our sin and often the humbling place where we just confess our sins to one another, where we share the burdens that we're carrying with other people is like a, a key that unlocks the door to true freedom in Christ. And so, yeah, just be encouraged, be bold, be courageous and be real this week with whoever you're accountable to about your tendency to be hypocritical in judging other people. When we join with God in this kind of work, great things happen. We grow. We better reflect Jesus. And as Jesus said at the end of verse 5, we are able to see clearly so that we can then encourage and support other people to deal with their sin in their lives and be free to worship Jesus and accurately reflect him Two. How about we pray together as we close this morning? Let's pray. Oh God, we just ask, Lord, that you would help us, God. We are desperately in need of you. We cannot do this kind of thing alone. We can't. It's only by your spirit that we can even um, reflect anything of the character that you talk about that your sons and daughters have in your kingdom through the whole Sermon on the Mount. So, Jesus, we just pray that you would help us to hear your home truths and that we would hear them with soft hearts, that we would not be closed. We would not be like the Pharisees who, who hear it and then just disregard it, but we would truly hear, consider, and then apply the home truths that you have for us, including this one about hypocritical judging, so that we can honour you, Lord, and grow in faith to be more like you. Jesus, we invite you to help us, give us courage and boldness to regularly ask Holy Spirit for help, to do that deep heart work in us, to continually refresh us and give us pure and clean hearts. And Lord, equally, we pray that you would help us to be bold, to reach out to other people for help when we need it, that we would not try and do life alone and deal with our sin alone, Lord, but we would reach out to trusted Christian brothers and sisters who we know and respect and love and that we would be willing to be encouraged and shepherded and from time to time actually rebuked by these people so that we would continue to stay on the path of righteousness with you. And God, I pray that you would also free us, God, so that we may be able to honour you 
with our lives and we would not be like the Pharisees who people looked at and said, yeah, but you say all these things, but then you do the complete opposite. No, God, like the Liberty Kids are looking at, we want to be people of integrity. We want to be people who say one thing and then do that same thing. We don't want to be people who say one thing and then do the other. So Jesus, help us, Lord. Free us so that we might be able to better reflect your love and grace and joy and hope to all those around us. We pray this knowing, Lord, that you want to answer these prayers. So we pray this with confidence in Jesus' name. Amen.